0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Have a Sunday. Welcome to the Vineyard. Everybody good? Oh, Awesome. Uh, did you guys like my memes this Friday? Some of you are like, what, what's happening? Well, all I gotta say is you gotta follow me on Instagram, and every Friday you can enter the memedom of heaven. It's gonna be my new page, y'all. That's what I'm. That's what I'm, I'm. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to like create a little side passive income here with my meme page. <laughs> not really. That is not true. Um, hey, if you want to open your Bibles to John chapter twelve, you can this morning. And uh, thanks to Kelly Manning for reading our scripture uh, this morning to us we're going to camp out in John chapter twelve, probably those eleven verses. really famous piece of text that we 're going to look at this morning and and here 's what I want to do. Uh, I, I want to talk to you this morning about giving something precious that 's really the title of this message, and really the thing that I want to drill down into a bit this morning is the idea of giving something precious, of course. That's exactly what happens in the text. Uh, But uh, before we get there, I just want to fill in maybe a couple pieces that are sort of in this this scripture that was read to us this morning. Um, Like I said, really famous piece of scripture, and it's famous for a lot of reasons, some good ones. Uh, It's famous because the scene is so dramatic. Like you have Jesus, you got Lazarus. Uh, Just a few days ago, Lazarus was what? Dead. How dead was he? Very dead. He was so dead that the sisters were worrying about him stinking. Right. Remember that? They're like, Jesus, don't go near it. Why? Because he's already smelling bad. Right. Like he's like super dead, super dead. So you have Jesus. You have super dead Lazarus, who is no longer super dead, but now he is alive. You have all the other boys and they're at the house of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And by the way, uh, these are like some of Jesus' best friends. Uh, maybe you didn't realize this, but Jesus had friends. He did. He had friends. And oftentimes Jesus would go to Lazarus, Mary, and Martha's house. This was like a place that he would retreat to. Anybody here have a, a friend's house that, you, you, you know, when you go there, it's like a getaway for you, you know? Yeah. Jesus had that too. So the reason this is so famous is like everything that sort of happened in John chapter 11 is kind of like weighing in on this moment. You got dead Lazarus, no longer dead. You got Jesus. He's at his favorite place. He's with some friends. All the boys are there. And, and that's really the reason this passage is so dramatic is because all the boys are there and they're doing what? They're doing the thing that all the boys do, right? That you, you hang out with the rabbi. And by the way, uh, the subtext here is the girls are not really supposed to hang out with the rabbi. What are the girls supposed to do? Make dinner, you know? And you even, you even see that in the beginning of the text. Uh, they said in John chapter 12, That Jesus is there, why? Because there's a dinner given in his honor, right? And by the way, uh, that's the least you can do if someone raises your dead brother. (laughs) You cook them dinner, right? Like it's the least you can do is you make them dinner. And of course, the girls are doing the normal girl things and the boys are doing the normal boy things. But at a certain moment, at a certain moment, uh, Mary breaks away from the normal girl things and she does something that sort of upends the apple cart. When she does this, uh, she's upending the apple cart on like five different levels. Like number one, the girls shouldn't be in the room. Uh, the boys should be hanging out with the rabbi. Get the girls out. Uh, number two, uh, not only should the girls not be in the room, but the girls should not be touching the rabbi, especially in public. Like everybody would think, well, who? What kind of woman is this? Like we don't really we don't really catch this. But like like for a woman to come and to put her her face and her hair on Jesus's feet and to touch him and to cry, people would think, what kind of woman is this? And they would also think, what kind of man is Jesus? There's lots of thoughts happening in the room, right? And then, and then third, this also comes through in the text too. People would think, well, why you gotta be, why you gotta be that over the top? (laughs) Like, can't you just love Jesus a little bit? And then also the other thing that's in this text and it's, And it's right there on the surface uh, is you got the Judas thing, which is well, we could have done something better with this perfume. It was worth a lot of money. Right. We could have been more sensible. And so when you put all that together, what you have is this this famous and it's a dramatic text. And so. um, Here's what I want to do this morning, I, I want to jump in this text and I want to talk about giving Jesus something precious. But Rachel, if you can help me out, can we put John chapter 12, verse one up? This is sort of the beginning of understanding like maybe, maybe the vision that we could have as followers of Jesus. It says this, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany. Underline here, the home of Lazarus, the man that he had raised from the dead. And I want you to underline that word home because in this moment and in this part of the Jesus story, the word home, the word home is another word for life. By the way, almost always in the gospels, uh, because these are, they're not just flat texts that are telling us history. I hope you know that. They're not just like, oh, Jesus did this and then Jesus did this, and then Jesus did this. They're not just historical documents. Uh, you even get this note at the very end of the Gospel of John. John says something like this. If we wrote down everything that Jesus did, like all the books in the world couldn't, couldn't contain it, right? Right? And so uh, what John is saying there, and he's speaking for himself, but also for the other gospel writers, he's saying we couldn't, we couldn't put everything that Jesus was up to in these documents. And if you can't put it all in there, then that means John and the other gospel writers are doing editorial work, right? Right. And as soon as you begin to editorialize the story, you begin to shape that story and make it something different. And for that reason, you can never read the Gospels as plain historical fact. If you do, you misread them. And because of that, we can come to every story and assume that every word is more than what we maybe think it is. And it's, it's especially true here. When Jesus comes to the home of Lazarus, when he comes to the home of Mary and Martha, he's not just coming to their house, he's coming to their life. Home is another word for your life. He's showing up in their life. It's a, it's a, meta, it's a metaphor for the elemental human life. Why? Because home is the place where you live. And home is the place where you sleep. Home is the place where you eat. Home is where you spend time with your family. Uh, it is your most precious thing. Uh, if you have a good home here in the room this morning, uh, many of us came from good homes or maybe have a good home. Some of us didn't come from a good home. And even by the negative contrast, you can know uh, in some ways what a good home is. How, how many of you know that, that if you have a good home, it is like it is your most precious thing? You know, you ever you ever see on the news when somebody's house burns down and they're like distraught. Right. Like, why are they distraught? Are they distraught because the couch burnt? No, we can get another couch like, you know, whatever. We hated that couch anyway. The kids had spilled grape juice on it. You know, no, Uh, people don't cry when their house is burned down uh, because of the couch. People people are emotional about houses burning down because it is the elemental metaphor for their life. It is their most precious thing. And here's the vision that I believe the gospels invite us into, that we could arrange our lives in such a way that they would be hospitable for Jesus. Jesus shows up because he's invited. Jesus shows up for a dinner. Uh, Jesus shows up to the home, to the life, to the elemental most precious thing of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And he shows up because he's invited. And because of this, the gospels are holding out to us a vision for our life, that we could rearrange our lives in such a way that they might be hospitable to the presence of Jesus. That our lives could be a resting place for the master. That our lives could be arranged to honor Jesus. The current culture says this, live for yourself. Live for yourself. Get what's yours. Uh, or, or maybe this, live for more. Uh, basically, most social media is telling us uh, two things. Number one, buy this. And then number two, uh, underneath buy this is your life needs to be more. That's what it tells us. That's the current motif. Uh, give in to acquisition. But I can't get away from the idea that we could live for the honor of Jesus. That we could live and be a resting place for the presence of Jesus. That our life could be a place where we invite him and he would come. By the way, if you invite Jesus, he will come. It's one of the best pieces of news in all the gospel. Every time Jesus is invited to any place in any four gospels, he always goes. So right on the front end, this passage is a passage about hospitality. It's about making a place for Jesus to show up. And maybe it begs the question uh, this morning uh, well, what is hospitality? Well, here's, here's a very simple definition of hospitality arranging everything for someone else, thinking about the guests first. Isn't it fun when somebody invites you over to dinner to their house and, like, when you go in, like, everything is good? Like, like the house their house is like clean, and the dog doesn't jump on you and but it's cute, you know, but and it comes to you it wants to meet you, but it doesn't immediately just jump all over you and and maybe you can smell the dinner, and they're like, hey we we're so glad you arrived, and we've already got drinks for you out and you you're, you're just like, "This is incredible, isn't it and then- immediate, have you ever noticed that when that happens immediately the, like we, you just settle into like heart conversation and and all of a sudden we're talking not just about the things that happened this week but maybe the things that are important to us in our lives and yeah hospitality thinking of others first tell you a quick story Um, a year and a half ago Heather and I uh, were invited to Spain I was supposed to go do a conference for vineyard worship people in Spain this is super funny by the way Uh, I I get to Spain literally get to Spain our hosts pick us up and they say by the way the conference has been (laughs) cancelled For real, the conference has been canceled. I was like, what? Uh, I, what am, I, I'm, and, and we're here for seven days. I'm like, what are we doing, right? And for the next seven days, for the next seven days, our hosts rearranged their whole life for us. And they took us to San Sebastian and they took us to France. And every single night, uh, they'd prepare for us dinner. And in Spain, dinner's like 10 p.m. And we would finish with dinner. And then I would try to get up and like wash the dishes, just like out of sheer guilt. I would just, you know, I was like, I'll wash the dishes. And they were like, no, they will not. They would not have it. They would not let us wash dishes. And then after the dishes were washed, we would sit in their living room. And then she would bring out, she would bring, uh, she would bring out pinchos, which is like tapas. Like we've just had dinner. Now we're having pinchos, right? And she would bring out the best wine. And on one night, and on one night, she runs to her bedroom, uh, the host and she pulls out a bottle of wine that no one else in the family knew she had. <laughs> and it's from a region in Spain. I'm a, a, little, I'm a little bit of a wine nerd. Uh, it's from a region in Spain called Ribera del Duero, which happens to be my favorite region of wine in Spain. She did not know this, and she brings out this bottle, and I'm like, oh, Ribera!" I'm like, because we, we've only been drinking Rioja. That's kind of like the normal grape as well, right? And we pop this bottle, and I was like, I'm like, Ruthie, this is incredible. She says, yes, I know, right? <laughs> She's like, and I'm like, well, why are you opening this? And she goes, because you, you guys care, right? Like you guys care. And this is, my... and we, we were up to one or two every single morning, and she would bring us the best bottles that she had in her collection. What is that? That's rearranging your life for someone else. Uh, it even got better. At the end, I, w- I was telling Juan and Ruthie, I'm like, do you think we could go to Rioja? And they were like, Yeah, you can go to Rioja. And I'm like, well, why don't we all go or whatever? And she's like, yeah, we can't. But you and Heather can go just take our car. They gave us their car. They have one car. The family has one car. And they insisted we take it. And we went to Rioja. Yeah. Have you ever been hosted like that? Yeah. That's hospitality. Such a gift. Such a gift. But this this is a piece of what John is showing us could be a vision for our life that we could rearrange our lives to make it a resting place for Jesus. The elemental, the elemental uh, collection of things that are precious to you could be arranged that Jesus might come and have a place. The other thing I want you to notice in this story is that it moves from general to particular. General to particular. Really quickly. The general part is that a dinner is given for Jesus. And then he's invited in and their home is a resting place. That's like the general part, but it doesn't stop there. Um, Mary doesn't just host a dinner. She brings out expensive perfume. Um, And by the way, this is in a day without deodorant. Yeah, there's no deodorant, uh, no daily showers. You want to invite people over who haven't had a shower? Imagine living in that little house, right? And she takes that expensive perfume and she pours it on Jesus just days before her brother was dead and stinking brings out the perfume right i love the contrast in here it's worth a year's wages and so the vision here that god that the gospel of john is offering to us is to make our lives open to Jesus to make our lives hospitable to Jesus A place for his presence. That's the general call. But the particular call is to give something precious to Jesus. To move from general to particular. Which brings up a few questions for me. How did Mary get that perfume? How did she get it? Did she inherit it? Some people think she inherited it. How did they get it? Did she work for it? But then how did she work for it? Some people think maybe she did work for it. How long did it take to save for it? Anybody here ever worked for something for a really long time and that thing became precious to you? Anybody ever done that? When I was in middle school, I picked strawberries an entire spring on a strawberry farm so I could buy some Air Jordans. (laughs) They were precious to me. You know anybody had that experience yeah, the call to give something to Jesus, that which is precious that 's the call that John is offering us here, not just in general but in a particular manner uh, the, the order here is actually important too, and this is the discipleship order for everybody who 's in the room this is This is one way to understand your life as a disciple of jesus it's fr- it 's moving from from general. Two particular. First, first discipleship is about making our lives hospitable to Jesus. Opening our hearts to him like we open our homes to our friends. That's the first call to every single person. Like open your heart to Jesus like you would your house to your friends. But then, then eventually uh, for everybody who's in the room, there'll be an opportunity to offer what is close to the marrow to Jesus. And that's the That's the transition that hopefully that all of us can can make, and so it causes us to ask a few questions: What is precious to us? What what cuts close to the bone? Or or maybe this: What has been expensive for you to gain? Uh, What what part of your life is treasure? You know, uh, maybe maybe it's your reputation, or or maybe it's maybe it's a dream, or or maybe it's your future. Like, some of the pr- the precious oil that you could offer to Jesus is just your future. Like, you know, you think, I've got a plan for my life. You know, I've got a five-year plan. I've got a ten-year plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then we're going to get a sprinter van, and we're going to travel. <laughs> as soon as we get the kids out, we're getting a sprinter van. <laughs> and we're going to travel. And we're going to, like, any place we park is our home. And we'll have a million dollars, and it'll be great, right? I mean, by the way, this is, this is my dream, right? I want, and I want, I want the Mercedes Sprinter, the tall one. The one you can stand up in. And I want, a, I want a queen-size bed in the back that, like, slides down. And you can slide it up and make it a couch. Have you seen this stuff? There's a website called Van Do It. I've been looking. First, you have to buy the Sprinter, and then it's 80 grand, and they, they completely outfit it. This is, this is the dream, guys. I just got to get Rowan out of the house. cheap, y'all. Listen, $200,000 for one of these vans, it's cheap. Let's go, you know? (laughs) But what are you going to offer to Jesus, right? Like I'm good at making plans. I'm good at making plans. And you know what? I don't even think Jesus is against our plans, right? It's not like Jesus is this oppositional god who sits in heaven and goes, "Oh, my disciples have finally got a got a future for themselves. Now I will require it, you know." But there is something there is something to be a, a disciple of Jesus that eventually we all move from general to particular, and at some point in our life we'll have an opportunity to give to Jesus that which is most precious to us. And when it comes, when it comes, will we do it? Maybe it's a future. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's just money. Maybe it's just money. You know, maybe you're just Mr. Krabs. Money, 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 money. <laughs> you know, and, and maybe, maybe there's going to be some moment when, when, you, when you realize, oh, the thing, the thing that I'm, I'm required to give, the thing that I'm allowed to give, the thing that's open to me to give to Jesus is just this stuff that I thought was so precious. We should slow down. And let the spirit cause our hearts to be opened. Uh, Here's another way to think about it. What would you give to the one who can raise the dead? What would you give to the one who could raise the dead? Anything, right? What would you give to the one who will raise you when you are dead? What would you give to the one who can raise us up? What would you give to the one who can do the impossible? I love the next part of the story. Mary pours out the perfume on Jesus. She wipes his feet with her hair. And John puts this little, this little tag in there. He says, and the room was filled with the aroma. I love this phrase. Mary pours out the oil and the aroma fills the room. I love it because it means that everyone else there was caught up in the experience. What one person gives becomes a gift to us all. Isn't that beautiful? Like, like here's the reason why as disciples of Jesus, we, we want to move from general to particular. We want to move from being a resting place from Jesus to also giving what is precious because because when you give what is precious, it becomes a gift to everyone else in the room. This summer, Magnolia and I, we went to, we went to New York City. I had some, some work to do in New York, and we were gallivanting about the city one afternoon, just the two of us, after I had done my work. And when we were in Midtown, over next to the Hudson River, kind of like on the left side of New York, if you're looking like north, south, east, west, on the left side of New York City and Manhattan, we, we saw this thing. And Rachel, can you help me? Can you help me put this picture up? We saw this. I can't, ex- this picture is not a good picture. It's literally the best one I can find. And the reason it's not a good picture is because there are no good pictures. This is new in New York City. So if you're looking at this picture, Maggie and I would have been, you see the road kind of in the, in the top right-hand corner? Meg and I were kind of like over there, only we were on the Chelsea High Line, which is this walking park that what used to be like a train track, an elevated train track, and they turned it into a walking park. Like, who does that, right? Only in New York. Incredibly beautiful. And then we looked out, and in the middle of the Hudson, there is a park that is two acres. It's brand new. It's called the Little Island. It's called the Little Island. And, and I started asking our Uber driver about it. And and here's what I found out about it. Um, It was given to the city by a guy named Barry Diller, and he paid for it out of his own money, $270 million. And I was really touched. And maybe Barry's a terrible person. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, maybe Maybe he runs a hedge fund and like sells blood diamonds on the side. I don't know. Barry, if you're a good person, I'm sorry. I literally didn't, I haven't researched them. I have no idea if Barry's a decent guy or not. Somebody Google it, right? Like, I don't know. But I was so touched by this that someone would take out of their treasure and would give back to the city because it's the exact idea that John shows us here that one person's gift could be a gift for everybody. One person's offering could touch everybody in the room. Like if you give what is precious, it could be, Something for us all. Mother Teresa gives her life to Calcutta. One life given. Given to the many. And even in this room, even in this room, I can't help but think about worship. Every week we read the scriptures and we worship God. Uh, The band makes a place for us. I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but like when, when Glenn and Matt and Liz and, when everybody, when all, all these guys, Patrick and Trace, when everybody comes up here and does their thing, you, you guys realize they're, 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 they're taking on the role of Mary and Martha and they're, they're being hospitable, right? And they're making a place for Jesus, but they're also making a place for us that we might meet Jesus, right? It's a, it's a really tremendous thing. But every week we come in here and the, the band makes a place for us. And, and have you ever been here uh, at the vineyard when, when there was some like special moment in worship and one of the worship leaders you realized oh they're giving something precious to Jesus this morning it doesn't happen every Sunday and it doesn't even have to happen every Sunday Who, you know but I, have you ever been here when, when something precious was offered and you're like oh I I'm catching the backdraft of somebody's gift this morning yeah, yeah. sometimes it's up here but, but here's what I love have you ever been here when it wasn't up here but it was actually out here like somebody out here began to give Jesus that which is precious and it fills the room. Uh, you ever been here when, when, when somebody in like maybe row six, maybe, maybe it's just tears, you know, or, or maybe it's something Louder. Like maybe a louder cry or maybe maybe somebody moves out of their row and gets on their hands and knees. And maybe somebody gets on their face like at church, like it happens here, you know, or maybe maybe somebody shouts for joy. Like, have you ever noticed that that, you know, it's it's actually a gift to us all. Yeah, I can't help but think about that. This is the call calls to give Jesus that which is precious. Uh, the world says hoard what is precious or at least settle down a little bit. And this is the thing I've been thinking about a lot lately. Don't get too hyped on Jesus. You know, if, if the world can't tell you, uh, don't make a general resting place for Jesus, then the next thing, and this is quite seductive, The next offer or the next bit of pushback from our wider culture is just settle down on this. Like you want to be a. Fine. Fine. You want to make your life. You want to make your home that which is most precious. You want to make that elemental piece of who you are. You want to make it a resting place for Jesus. Fine. But but just settle down. Right. Can you just like cool it a little bit? Don't get too hyped on Jesus. Do something sensible. Give it to the poor. Uh, By the way, you got to watch out for Judas because he makes a lot of sense. But here's the thing. He didn't care about the poor, right? He was a thief and Jesus knew it. And and, and this is part of what that piece of the story means. It means something like this. Watch out for the voices that try and reject your gift towards something sensible. Watch out for the voices that try and redirect you, especially if it's couched in religious posturing. Watch out for those voices. They make a lot of sense in the moment. And it will, it, it will be the wrong thing every single time. But here's the kicker. It's actually my favorite part of the story. Mary pours oil on Jesus against all the social norms and against the stingy wisdom of bankrupt religion. And the room is filled with the aroma Everyone is submerged in the moment. But when the moment was over, it was over for everybody in the room. When the moment is over, it's over. And everybody goes home and thinks, what happened? Well, that was something, right? Everybody goes home and it was over. Uh, They had a story, but they went home. Uh, Everybody except for Mary and Jesus. Mary pours the oil on Jesus and And they both went home anointed. It's actually the most beautiful part of the story. She anoints Jesus. But how many of you know, if you're putting your hair on Jesus's feet, how many of you know there's two people who went home anointed? It was Jesus and it was Mary. And here's what that means. It means if we pour out something precious on Jesus, uh, we, we will keep the anointing that we give him. Like the thing that we, the precious thing that we give to Jesus, it somehow gets on us and stays with us. Two, two people went home anointed. What we give to Jesus gets on us. What we pour out spills out on us. What we offer remains. Uh, Jesus said it like this, whoever loses their life, what? They get to keep it. And this little moment in John chapter 12 is a picture of that. Whoever loses their life gets to keep it. John makes this note, note as well that, that Jesus says, That what Mary has done is a beautiful thing because she's anointed me for burial. She had no idea what was about to happen. There's some prophetic thing that's kind of like in the room on this. There's some something that's sort of beyond her. And Mary prophetically anoints Jesus for his burial. He'll be dead real soon. She had no clue. But here's the thing, if she's anointing Jesus and if that same anointing gets on her, there's a sense in which she's not just anointing Jesus for his burial, but she's anointing herself for her own burial. It's the gospel story in miniature. What God has done for his son, he has done for the world. What God has done for his son, he has done for the world. Not simply the world in general, but the world in particular particular down to Mary. So for Jesus to be anointed for his own burial, for Jesus to be crucified, we know that Jesus died for the world. We know that Jesus loves the world. But the beautiful part of this story is that it's the the gospel in miniature. And it's not just that Jesus would die for the world, but it's that Jesus would die for a person, a particular person. And what happens to him is happening to the world, not just the world in general, but in particular, all the way down to Mary. Paul says it like this. In Romans chapter 6, verse 5. Can we put that up? Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. And so, if Mary anoints Jesus for his burial, there's a sense in which, in the gospel, she's anointing herself for her own burial. But we know the story, right? Like Jesus doesn't stay dead, Jesus doesn't stay dead. Uh, Jesus was resurrected. And so Mary will be resurrected. If we give to Jesus what is precious, we will receive an anointing that will prepare us for death and for resurrection. What is the precious thing? It's your life. It's your life. That's the gospel in miniature. Give to Jesus your life It is an anointing he will receive. It is an anointing you will carry. You will carry it to death and into resurrection. That's the gospel story. That's the good news. The things you give to Jesus remain. Not just now, but forever. The things you give to Jesus remain. The things you give to Jesus are beautiful. The things you give to Jesus are perfume in a dying world. The things you give to Jesus are an aroma that fills the room. The things you give to Jesus, they go counter to the stench of the world. They go counter to the decay of the world. They go counter. This is the good news for us this morning. And the call is for everyone in the room, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus Uh, In the biggest way and then in the most particular way. In the most general way and in the most precious way. Give your life to Jesus. Hold nothing back from him. Amen? Amen. Matt, if you guys will come on back up. Here's what I'd love to do this morning. I'd love to pray just for a moment. Uh, If you're in the room and you're not coming to the stage, why don't you just stand up? again for stopping by the podcast of the vineyard church in campbellsville kentucky if you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the vineyard you can follow us on social media until next time